just I mean, and this is coming from a guy who ate and slept and breathed sports my entire life. Played college football, wrote for a Detroit sports blog, and now I only watch the Lions at Michigan. And I didn't even watch the entire Lions game on Sunday. Like, I caught the first half, then we had dinner and family stuff, and then it was on mute for the rest of the game, and we... When we got that interception and won the division, we unmuted it to hear what they could say they were saying, but I didn't write anything about it. I used to, but just new direction. New direction. So, Dustin, welcome. I'm gonna introduce you when we actually introduce the podcast, but we do a little lag time, a little chat before that's on Spotify and Apple, and then we'll kick off the podcast, but how are things going? Things are well. That's good. I am happy to be through <laughs> my birthday, my youngest daughter's birthday, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. We yeah. Are, are, yeah. Rounds complete. It just like completely, <laughs> the intensity just 100% kicks up at this time of year. Yeah, absolutely. When you have expended all of your energy throughout the year, it's like, oh, just kidding. Here's the biggest right, yeah. celebration yeah it's, no i get it is the most wonderful time of the year i know that's <laughs> i'm not saying that sarcastically but i am kind of saying it sarcastically right it's, it's a it's a hustle with kids man and then joke of all jokes by our great and wonderful creator we have a full moon today so yeah. <laughs> was, but yeah we as were a driving. parent we didn't stand a chance the day after christmas with a full moon when we were driving down uh simeon looking out the side of our van goes i see the round moon and i was like round and he's like yeah the moon it's round and i was like oh that means it's full and it's just like mm-hmm. oh my goodness yeah yep. i don't know about your kids but my kids today they woke up on something mm-hmm. just well, yeah. ours ours kind of did because they knew they were going to see each other like, yeah nah, okay to see cousins. yeah yeah it is it's never dull man yeah. no it's, it's never it's, it's an interesting dynamic in family prior to kids. Yep. You could sit down like this and you could hang out mm-hmm. and, and you could have an adult conversation. But now, 100% of the energy is <laughs> keeping the kids safe, keeping yep. them fed, safe. Mm-hmm. and then trying your best to guide their behavior to where it's not total chaos and destruction. Sure. And uh, How old are your kids, Dustin? I have two kids. Um, my oldest is Adeline. She's four. Okay. Youngest is Diana. She just turned two. Okay. We are happy to announce we we have a boy coming yeah. uh, in June twenty twenty four. So I'm congratulations. Yeah. yeah. I congratulations. Sent, That's awesome. I sent the reaction video to my brother. We yeah. we did the gender reveal and like cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my mom bit into it before any of us were kind of ready. And <laughs> my wife Steph goes three, two, one. But my mom's over there kind of like dancing. I'm like, oh man. She wanted a boy. She's dancing, so I ripped that sucker open. And I was like, "Yeah, baby!" You know, <laughs> all the number feeds of blue. Yeah, it was. That's I'll, awesome. I'll That's agree. awesome. So we we have three. Our first one we didn't find out until he was born. And what's and what's your first one's name? Jack. Uh, his first name is Jack. Well, his nickname is Jack. His given name is actually John Robert. Uh, oh. After my dad and her grandfather. 
Um, but we kind of went the Kennedy route and call him Jack. It's just a little Irish thing. Um, and then um, Nora, we found out with her because we were like, we have a boy. We want to find out if it's a boy or a girl. So our second one, we found out. And then when we um, found out we were pregnant with our third, we were like, we got stuff for boys and girls. We'll just be surprised the day of. And and um, so that worked out. But here's I was I was asking how old they were because it, it's funny. I think it goes in waves based on what you're saying, right? Before kids being sitting around, hang out, not have, you know, that or we can have that adult conversation and then the kids come and it's like, is everybody safe? Has mm-hmm. no one died? Like is, is chaos controlled for the most part as much as it can be with kids, but then they start to get older and then they can go, you know, off and play in the other room. And as long as it's not too quiet, you know, things are okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you can have that, like, we're kind of getting to that point, not with Teddy cause he's a, a year and a half, but, like our older kids can go and play in another room and we can actually like sit and talk and eat so, a meal. Uh, you know, I don't want them to grow up fast at all. I want to no. enjoy, but I do want with my wife to set up like in the house, things where we can just be like, Oh, they're, they'll be fine playing by mm-hmm. themselves. They're not going to have a broken leg jumping off the furniture or whatever. But you know, I, I think about stuff like that and I, I don't want them, man, you know the iPhone app? It's got a mm-hmm. little picture up in the up in the corner. Man, sometimes it'll serve up some gems. You know, you're like looking mm-hmm. back. Oh, man, my little baby girl. And then I look over and I'm like, gosh, man, she's in kindergarten. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. You look back on those pictures and you're just like, like, and Jess, Jess too, she, like, has, I, I don't want to, I'm not throwing her under the bus because she would agree with this, but like, she has a hard time like, remembering those kind of things because i mean especially like postpartum like they're in a fog and and, you know just trying to survive and and keep the baby alive but she'll send me pictures and go do you even remember her this small right and i'm like no actually i don't (laughs) like you're right you don't want to wish that away because it's we have 18 years hopefully right and i know i know quantified it just hurts man you do and like with my oldest i'm a third of the way there he's yeah. six you know what i'm saying like a third of my you know influence and and yeah. you know i mean not that it stops at 18 but like Absolutely. the time that i have him in my house is a third over that is it's crazy so relating that to what we do in the army as, as mm-hmm. officers um being a staff officer you do compartmentalize things into into chunks of objectives or hit times or, or mm-hmm. even phases. And you just said three phases. That's all we got, man. I have not thought about it that way. And that actually terrifies me because. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is supposed to be a joyful conversation. I mean, like, turn it into a counseling session with the chaplain. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'll take it. Cause it cause That's what it, we're here for, right? That's what we're here for. Look at, you know, without going overboard, like what objectives do I want to. Yeah. What values do I want to give my my child when she's in this second mm-hmm. quarter of her life? And then what do I evaluate the uh, last quarter and then refine from there? Because that's what, what that's what you do as a staff officer. You come up with a plan, course of action. You get with your team. You collaborate. You refine. Then you present the uh, the uh, the brief to the boss, and the boss is like, "I like it. Let's change this. Let's change that. Hey, hit the ground running." And then you assess. Mm-hmm. And it's just like 
dang, I've not thought about Adeline's development through her life. Like, hey, not saying there's a, a checklist or anything, but sure. Do I want to get her to understand the Lord's Prayer by this time, or do I want her to understand that? Uh, no, with this day and age, that boys are boys, girls are girls. Like, what yeah. kind of conversation is relevant for that age? Um, and and like, hey, what are our values as a family? When do I integrate those? You just mm-hmm. blew my mind with the three three phases, three a third of the way there. I don't know if I, I want to talk anymore. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right, well, that was a good show. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I would say like, and I, maybe this is just a conversation about fatherhood, right? But those two specific conversations you brought up, I don't, I think that is immediate. Like the more like for, for us, we have um, like my, my, we, we homeschool. I know Coleman homeschools. I don't know what your guys' plan are. I would never judge you one way or the other, but say what? We're not doing public school. You're not doing public school. We're sending Alan to a Christian school right now. Okay. Great. Um, but so like part of our thing is like we're trying to figure out this education thing because this is the first year that we're doing it and realizing like the power that we have in that educational process has been really big for us because, you know, Jess and I both come from public school like our whole lives. And so we were like kind of in that mindset of, OK, we got to hit like, you know these things and and we took a step back one night and said do we really need to right and and we said okay for for his education well for their education there's really like three goals that we want to hit we need them to be able to read we need them to be able to communicate both verbally and you know in writing and then we need them to be critical thinkers and if we can like hit those three milestones like everything else can can like fall into place and so we've been introducing a lot more books. So like on the topic of boys being boys and girls being girls, my my sister's a, a elementary education like guru. She's incredible. And she gave us some books like um I think it's like God created me this way or something like that and and it talks specifically about you know the boy role and the girl role and even like using the scientific terms for genitalia because they don't want you to you know sugarcoat anything they want the so talk about shock of all shocks when we read that book and my son goes she hit me in the and i'm like wait (laughs) wait no you should know that word wait yeah you should know that word because they're not like sugarcoating it from you right um yeah it's crazy but those conversations i think the more that we have them the easier they become right yeah Yeah. when i i think the the thing that we've talked about as well, because thinking about those those milestones or, or whatever, it's it's the example that we set and the formation that we give on a daily basis that's mm-hmm. going to, to help because the kids are going to grow. I mean, yeah. that's ours are doing the same thing and they're going to pick up more from what they see from us. Uh, there's a there's yeah. a saying, you know, it's more more is caught than taught. Yes. So, you know, it's how how do we how do we handle those things? Like, what do we prioritize? And that's what they're going to pick up on. And I mean, that's why, you know, we pray at every meal and, yeah. you know, we read, read scripture, yeah. we sing hymns, you know, all that stuff. Cool. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's really what we want to 
cultivate in them mm -hmm. is that life of, of praise and joy and yeah. realizing, you know, uh, how good their, their heavenly father is. Yeah. So it's gotten to the point with us too, where like my kids will sneak books into bed. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, go for it. <laughs> right? Like, I don't care. You're reading, right? Well, reading, looking at the books, but like, I've caught my daughter over the last few weeks, like the the book that she brings in and she just continuously looks at is her Jesus storybook Bible. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's a good thing that like, please pretend like you're not sleeping and read your Jesus storybook Bible and look at those pictures and know what those stories are because it leaves the conversations. Right. And it's, it's so good. So Let's continue this conversation, but let's actually kick off the podcast. It's just going to be kind of a free-for-all tonight. Okay. Are you all good with that? Free-for-all. I don't have anything planned. I just... Well, go just yeah. let let the thing be organic. Yeah. Let it be organic. You guys, you when I sit here, it's like I'm... like When I talk to to AJ on here, it's like I'm talking to you. So, I mean... Well, it's like, going to go some places, man. <laughs> I promise. Well, it uh, could. It could for sure go some places. So, are you all ready to go? Or did you have something to chip in? Yeah. No. Do, well, do, you, do you want to bring up election? No. We, uh, we usually don't <laughs> on. on uh, oh, okay. You know, we're, we're, yeah. well, usually don't what? Pray uh, to begin the podcast or anything. So hmm. You know what? Doggone it. I wanted to do that before I hit record tonight. I literally, that was actually a thought that I had before. There's nothing stopping us now. Yeah, can I kind of pray for this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm never going to say no to that. All right, very good. Let's pray. Lord Almighty, thank you for this time. Thank you for bringing Coleman safely to our house. Thank you for the travel mercies there. Lord, just pray that you'd be with us as we commune tonight. Let our, um, our speak be encouraging and fruitful. Let it be challenging. Lord, you said as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another, and let that be present here. Meet with us. Um, let this conversation glorify you and um, help the listeners um, tonight. Um, let, let whatever comes out of this be fruitful for them. Uh, thank you, Lord, for Jesus and your sacrifice. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. You all ready to go? You all ready? Yes. All right. Here we go. What is going on, everybody? It's AJ with Coleman for the Two Chaps Pod and a special guest. This is Dustin Geraci, the big brother or younger brother? We haven't gotten into that. I am younger. Yeah. Younger brother. Yeah. More handsome, though. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm really... Um, I need to catch up with that, that yeah. no hair look. It looks so, pretty yeah. awesome. Y'all are Well, he is our special guest. He is a chief warrant officer, too. Yep. So we just call him Chief Geraci in the Indian National Indian <laughs> Indiana National Guard. I get my words going. Words are tough sometimes, right? Uh, Dustin, we are glad to have you. Coleman's down visiting, and he's been a listener, and and they have conversations about our podcast. So we said, let's just have one big conversation together. Yeah. So we're glad to have you. Well, I'm happy Welcome. to be here. <laughs> we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. You mind giving people a little, like a quick rundown on who is Dustin Geraci. Oh my goodness, I hate doing this. <laughs> I figured you might. That's why I asked you. <laughs> well, all right. So uh 
baseball card stats, military, joined right after college, um, went to Murray State University, I enlisted as an 18 X-ray, I've done roughly 10 years active, deployed three times, got married to my wife in the middle of all that madness. Um, yeah. Fast forward to 2018, I separated from the Army, I went Reserves, National Guard, I'm in the Indiana National Guard currently as a Chief Warrant Officer too. Um, my prior MOS was a infantryman. Um, did three deployments, if I said that. God, man. Two with the 82nd, one with the 101st. Um, really great times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, transition out of the Army. I've got two little ones right now. My civilian job is I am the branch manager in the Kentucky Driver's License <laughs> Department, of D, or Department of Driver's License, Kentucky Cabinet. Transportation cabinet. God bless America. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I'm in charge of, I just got promoted. I'm in charge of four offices, uh, basically all of Western Kentucky. And so um, anyone listening from Kentucky that's in or around Fort Campbell that you need a driver's license, just, just come into the office. I'll take care of you. Okay. I was really hoping, hoping when you said I'm the regional manager, you were going to say of a regional paper supply company, and yeah. I would have called you Michael Scott, and then it would have been great. But you said that you work for the transportation department, so that shot that joke out. Sorry, man. You are a Christian. That's okay. Yes. My jokes are not funny anyways, as you will come to see very quickly. I understand that that is not my spiritual gift of humor. You are a Christian. And so how did you come to faith in, in Christ? That is, I mean, I know Coleman's posi position on coming to faith. So, but. All right. So, you know, are we, are we just talking? Sure. Just right. talking, man. All right, man. So everyone listening to, yeah. um, I was raised Lutheran and, um, very, very devout Lutheran family. We'll caveat that with the more progressive Lutheran because. It's different than what I am now. So. Sure, correct. Yes, I, I agree. Um, that is a caveat. But um, roughly around the time that I could drive, I guess, mom kind of said, hey, it's up to you guys if you want to go to church or not. And I, I said, no, I'd rather work. Um, so this is roughly, you know, high school. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. I didn't, I mean, I knew, I knew a lot about the scripture. Um, I was baptized as an infant. I uh, went through catechism class. I could recite a lot of the liturgy that was preached every Sunday, but there was absolutely no uh, honoring God in my life at that time. There's absolutely no fear of sin, a fear of a righteous, holy creator. Um, There's no awareness of sin in my offense to a holy God. Um, that didn't come until I was challenged in college. So a campus ministry, which is very, very awesome. Um, it was my freshman year at Murray State. I was a poli-sci major. Murray State has um, early freshen, freshman move-in. And um, the freshmen are there. No one else is on campus. And there are organizations that are allowed to come on campus to help, help the freshmen move in, you know, kind of network and get to know people. Mm -hmm. And so uh, a fella, just like me, I mean, played high school football, um, kind of wore the same stuff that I did, um, kind of, I don't know, just, just, it looked kind of, it was a dude that looked kind of like me. 
um, he helped me move in and um, there was an option to go to like a, a party off campus that, you know, the, 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 the college is very aware of, like it's a traditional every year. There's this mm-hmm. big off, off post, off post, off campus, <laughs> uh, stinking military party. college, same thing. Yeah. Barracks, dorms, whatever. Um, so the, the fellow's name was Tyler and, um, you know, I was going to go to that party, but Tyler kind of intercepted me and we sat in front of the dorms that I just moved in and we talked for like four hours into the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the last questions he said is, have you ever heard the gospel? And I was like, what are you talking about, man? Like we hadn't talked about Jesus. We hadn't talked about anything. We just talked about sports, you know, living in Louisville. We're both from the same kind mm-hmm. of area growing up. And, uh, um, I said, yeah, I've heard the gospel. He said, well, you mind if I tell you? And he, he walked me kind of through an abbreviated Romans road type, you know, you're a sinner, but a holy God. And, um, hey, man, I don't think you're a Christian. And that's, that's kind of like the final thing he said. And I was like challenged by it, kind of offended mm-hmm. by it. And so I stuck, stuck around him all, all semester trying to like disprove what he was saying or you know, I investigated certain scriptures with him, and I came to the realization that God was not a reality to me at that time or or previous, and that my life was not displaying that Christ is worthy of my worship, and that I I just I had never ever honored Him in the way that He called us to. Mm-hmm. I had not lived up to His holy standard. Well, no one can, and. I did not understand that Jesus saved me from that. He he took that holy standard, completed it, and that he um, imputed his righteousness for my sin. Like, I just, none of that. I know those are, are big words, but uh, basically, I didn't know that I was a sinner, that I had failed, that I had rebelled against the holy God. And that first semester of college, somewhere... Later, before we went on holiday break, like I do believe I read Romans twelve one and twelve two, and I was just like, I have not transformed. I my mind is still not set on things above. I'm definitely not that new creation that Paul talks about. And so I would say over the course of my freshman year, those things became a reality to me, and I started loving to talk with other believers and mm-hmm. reading the Word and praying. I don't remember what Brother Ricky, the uh, the uh, uh, preacher, the pastor at Murray, the church. I don't remember that first sermon. Couldn't tell you what what hymns we sung. I remember, I mean, almost perfectly what lunch was after the service. I sat down with my my new friends from campus outreach, the uh, the uh, the ministry that kind of intercepted me and shared the gospel. You know, the dude sat on this side, the girl sat on this side, and they were talking like, what's God encouraging you with? What scripture are you reading? Who? How can I pray for you? And I'm just like, what is, what bunch of weirdos, like, what is this? <laughs> right. <laughs> not talking about, you know, how much they got trashed the night before. They're not talking about, hey, yo, right. I hooked up with this girl. Or they weren't talking about anything related to puffing themselves up as as we would say and mm-hmm. uh, i was just you know i like i i heard the gospel and then i saw 
other believers walking in a way that I just, I was blown away by it. And I could not voice that at the time, mm-hmm. but um, I saw examples of, of believers and what fellowship was like. And that stuck with me. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, there's something missing or there's something that, that I'm not doing. I'm not, again, I'm prefacing. I, I don't believe your salvation is earned. Okay. Correct. But there wasn't something I, I wasn't doing. Um, so, you know, it was just that, that, that freshman year just really challenged me. And I do believe I became a new creation at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the beginning of the faith walk or beginning yeah. of my God became a reality then uh, in college. And the scriptures became everything. Um, prayer life became a priority and mm-hmm. fellowship, like going to church, like that decision that mom gave me, you know, when I was 16, Hey, it's up to you. If you want to go to church, like I was at church, I wanted to yeah. be with the, with the body. Um, and so I, I guess I slided from the Lutheran liturgical kind of camp to more of the Reformed Baptist. Um, it's the first time I ever heard expository preaching. It's the first time I had ever really done a Bible study right. and, and dove into the words or this is Greek or this is the context of this. Hey, right. there are arguments out here that Paul didn't write this. Let's dive a little bit deeper, you know, whatever. Right wonderful stuff so that's i guess that's what that's the beginning of it at least so i think i would say uh praise god for that and praise god for tyler right just what a because i I think a lot of times like your story specifically a lot of times we teach evangelism right i grew up going to these evangelism classes and all that stuff and it was like confrontation right like let me knock on your door and say if you die tonight would you go to heaven or hell right (laughs) that kind of thing and you look at the way that tyler he built a relationship with you over four hours and then said hey man like your life is not lining up and that sparked something in you right I, i think that's that's awesome i'm gonna put coleman on the spot and ask you this what was it like seeing that transformation uh it was actually wonderful um because i mean we had so we were in high school. My, I was a senior. He was a freshman. And yeah, like for me, uh, I always wanted to go to church. And like, it was always like, that was always a priority. And um, so when, when he kind of fell away from it, um, yeah, there was, there was some serious, like, okay, you know, where, where are our lives going? And there were choices he was making that I would, did not, and like would not make. Um, and so, yeah, there, it was it was frustrating. But when Tyler came around um, and I mean, he started calling me up and we started having conversations about this and I would come over. Um, at, at, so I was I was still in college well, he, um, when he got to Murray and then and I'd come over, um, you know, a couple weekends or so. And, and we would just have these long, in-depth conversations. And then I met the guys that he was hanging out with, too. and yeah, just there again. It, we talk about this kind of as 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 men being uh, leaders and formational in that. This was a group of guys that was doing that for him, and yeah, I mean, granted, it, you know, would I uh, uh, would would I like everybody to be Lutheran? Absolutely. Um, would I like uh, you know all those 
Um, well, as you say, when we get to heaven, we'll all be Lutherans anyways. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He has said that multiple times, Dustin. I just want to let you know. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm sure you're aware, but, but yeah. But it was, but it, and when I say that though, like I do kind of say it tongue in cheek with, I, I, I want us to be people that take the word of God seriously. Yes. hundred percent. And, you know, and that's why, that's, that's why I also make the distinction between the, the Lutheran church we grew up in. Yeah. While I've, I benefited from it greatly. It was also, um, it was not until I was out in the army on my own kind of going, okay, where's this church body going? Because the word of God w- was, you know, at best mm-hmm. morality and fables, you know, at worst, just untrue. And so that really started, and that, 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 that was something that I started to wrestle with as well. And so, but with him, um, it was seeing that, that transition and then realizing, you know, okay, one, um, he's back to, to having faith, um, you know, or, or at least, you know, the, things are starting to line up more with someone who is a believer. And that, and again, mm-hmm. and he, he made this point, that expectation on us as Christians, we will never meet that perfectly. Hmm. But that's kind of the point. That's what the law does is it shows us our need for the gospel. Um, and so, and our need to trust in the one who met that correct, standard. Perfectly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, and then, you know, from there, it was also fun because, because he started taking the word of God seriously, and because he was Calvinist is still, we were actually having a <laughs> deeper, deeper conversation. On you things. said Reformed Baptist and I did. It took everything within me to not tip my cap to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm telling you when I, yeah. when we talked together. Like, legitimately, that's what, like when he said that you would be available, I was like, please. Cause I, from all the stories that I've heard, you and I would be simpatico on yeah. Yeah. Well, pretty I mean, much everything. Be- Right. Say what? What is it? It couldn't have happened any other way. No, just divine sovereignty. So, uh, which is it's that's the best news ever. Yeah, it's the best news, and it goes into kind of the conversation that we were having at the end of last podcast, right? Right. When we talk about like the 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 sovereignty of God, and I know that that scares people for whatever reason. Uh, It shouldn't. It should be a doctrine of comfort, as it is in you know the lutheran church but also like my wife and i this year we're we're reading four books one a quarter like different books and the first one that we're reading is about daughters it's called raising worry-free girls um so far so good i'm only like four pages in but like (laughs) it it, i mean i just started it today so give me a break right while i was waiting for y'all to get on i started reading this book right and just like you already started and i go listen i got the ammunition why would i not already load the rifle right like it, it just i'm not gonna wait so but it talks about like 80 percent of the kids that this psychiatrist sees are anxiety filled like 16 out of 20 is anxiety and it's like why well we've lost trust in a sovereign god mainly right yeah well and that's uh so i think a lot of people are afraid of it because we well we want to be in control and when you say that there's a sovereign god that means you are not in control and good i absolutely agree with that every bit of our flesh wants to be on the throne of our own will 100 percent. right 
and it is terrifying. And the gospel does comfort, but it also is supposed to humble. It's supposed mm-hmm. to say, hundred percent, get off that throne. One, you never belong there, and you you usurped it from the, the rightful. Right. Yeah, and then and then two, will it not will will it not be good for you, or will you not find favor, or will you not be accepted if you do well? Like, mm-hmm. if you follow again, try not to be workspace, but like the land of prosperity is 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 guarded by the word of God and his, his design. So it's like, why would you do it any other way? Right. Like catastrophe comes if you fall outside of that. And that's, that's, and and that's, that's the idea of faith is it's, I'm actually, well, and we've talked about this on on the podcast before. Um, I don't know if we've actually done an episode on this or, or what, but you think about the good things in life, getting married, having children, having a, a, a stable job, like, uh, progressing in, in those things. Um, that's all, those are all acts of faith. That's mm-hmm. literally, and it's saying, okay, God, you've designed things this way. I'm going to follow it and mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best that I can at it. Now, obviously if I fall short of that, I repent of it. I confess it. And I, I hear Christ's forgiveness. Um, but then I get back out there because it's, it's not like God created us to be idle with that. But it is the it is the, the the battle is always yeah the the throne I mean the the yeah. Romans seven the the that which I want to do I do not right. do that which I hate doing I keep on doing who will save me from this body of death um, and that's that's always why the the focus is never on us and that's I think that's the challenging part for um, those who are afraid of the sovereignty of God is. It makes you not focus on yourself. Yeah. So I tried to tag you in this post, mm-hmm. Coleman, but for whatever reason, it wouldn't let me tag you in it. But Ben Shapiro, thoughts on him, whatever you think, regardless. Okay. We aren't going to toss a baby out with the bathwater. He posted four hours ago and said, the audacity to make God answerable to our sense of morality is to make idols of ourselves." Yes, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And I said, I heard once at the Hearts and Idol Factory from some really smart guy. Yeah. Right? Wasn't that Loser that said that? No. Who's the Idol Factory quote? It was Calvin. See? Yeah. There we go. Now, I mean, Luther said something similar, but. Sure. Yep. That, because Cal- truth is truth is truth. Correct. Yeah. And the way, the way Calvin said it is much more catchy. Uh, but the, Luther talks about the heart is always seeking an idol to grasp a hold of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, the, I, I like that the audacity to think mm-hmm. that, and that's, yeah, we are, well, that, I mean, that's what original sin is. Right. Is we sit back and judge the morality of a perfect God. Right. Right. It's like, wait, who and, gave you that permission? <laughs> exactly. And that's, and it was something that we, when, cause I, I touched on this in my Christmas Eve sermon, when, Adam and Eve sought to be like God, to be outside of their role, to be beyond the creature that God had made them to be, um, and sought to have their eyes opened. You know, that's that's what sin is, is, mm-hmm. is putting yourself in that place. And instead of opening their eyes, they blinded themselves and they blinded everyone that came after it to the actual goodness and mercy and grace and love um, mm-hmm. 
of who our God is. And it's, you know, and, and again, and that, that gets to the whole, like, uh, no one is righteous. No one seeks after God, you know, not one, all of our, our Isaiah 60, uh, 64, six, you know, our righteous deeds are like filthy rags before God. And this is, you know, it, it's an, and, and until that actually hits home, mm-hmm. well, then the gospel is really not going to be good news because no. otherwise it's just going to be another, uh, you know, self-help promotion or, you know, uh, a therapeutic, uh, really. Yeah, a therapy. Through life versus, no, this is actually, you're dead in your sin. Christ comes and makes you alive. Because if that's, if, if that's not there and if that's not constant in your mind, that's why we talk about, um, I've mentioned this numerous times, you know, that uh, daily contrition and repentance is what Luther talks about, where it is. You know, I pray that I, I pray the Lord's Prayer because it is forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's to know that, yeah, there's sin that's that is somehow happening. You did not quote the eternally sovereign version, and I am disappointed. Forgive uh-huh. us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us. Oh, well, you quoted the authorized version of the KJV. That's just this, maybe. Um, yeah, but that 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 we <laughs> this is something we've been to say what I was about to throw you something like, hey man, King James only, what's up? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not thinking. If you are, I'll hit stop recording. No, I'm, not. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. But, but it is, but it is to realize that that's mm-hmm. that's what I mean. That's what sin is, and it is it is this inability to completely and perfectly follow God's will, um, and it's that desire to put ourselves. Always yeah. have the well, way. And it's that same idea that we've talked about numerous times of like this, you know, like daily contrition and repentance or to summarize, like a daily reformation of yourself, yep. right? That that daily reforming of who you are and where your focus and attention and worship um are to be placed. We are all dads. And so I think we need to talk about fatherhood, but I think you guys have hit on something that is so important. And I, I know that like no discussion of fatherhood should ever miss this fact that there is no substitute for the word of God. Mm-hmm. Like as we are seeking to be dads and as we are um, trying to shepherd our children to the good shepherd, right? There is no substitute for the Word of God in our lives. Not podcasts, not daily bread devotionals. All those things can be good things, but if they take the place of the Word of God, they are no longer good things, right? So what is that role for you guys of the Word of God in your approach to fatherhood? All right, man. So we... (laughs) kind of talked about this but like Steph and I try on their level to read um something from from the word either kids bible or directly from a psalm or something from the new testament we we try to saturate our conversation we try mm-hmm. to saturate our instruction and our discipline with some sort of truth there's, there's just no other way around it. Um, I can't say you'll do this because I said so, 
Like, hey, right. this is not being gentle or kind. This is not showing fruit of the spirit. Or, or um, Alan, what you're doing is not sinful, but you disobeying my instruction is leading you to a sinful place. This is what we need to talk about. Because it says honor your father and mother, or do not, you know, uh, do not, yeah, whatever, parenting. But prayer has been another thing that we've tried to uh, wash them with the word. Um, I, Steph and I love singing to our kids every night. Um, uh, they, they, if you put them on the spot, they're not going to do it. But if you, if you start singing, they could probably sing a couple of our favorite hymns. And like, um, that's what, that's what we've tried to interject um like steph is really good about reverting their attention in a disciplinary mm -hmm. way and then following it up with some sort of scripture that's like this is why we're trying to guide you this way that's awesome um, and i am a little bit more sharp and harsh mm -hmm. working on that but uh, like I've, I've, i'm trying to develop language that's gentle mm -hmm. and that um that is that is way more patient than I, that I can get. And, um, uh, just trying to display manhood, uh, display our Lord. Like mm -hmm. I'm supposed to do that. Like, yeah, I'm called to do that in my household and you know, whatever, I mean, earlier, you know, 18 years. That's what you said, man. Like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I quantified it, man. I, I know that rocked you because you keep going back to it, but it's true. If I waste now that I'm listening, but if I waste time, she's gonna take that impression of me and be like, mm -hmm. oh, "I like that." Yeah. I, I messed up. Adeline's probably thinking, "I messed up. Daddy got mad. So if I'm around other men and I mess up, they're gonna get mad." Mm -hmm. right? Like, dude, I don't want her to have a husband that's like that. Yeah. And, um, so I'm, I'm trying, and uh, Steph is really helping me. Like, I can't do it without her, but. Because our wives are gifts from God, like quite literally, as we've explained. I do have a question, though, since you sing hymns to them. Do you sing How Great Thou Art? No. Um, no? I don't know the lyrics. That's uh, fine. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. It was. But, it's kind of an inside oh. joke with Coleman and I, because he's... It's a great hymn, and he appreciates the hymn, but he just kind of heard the hymn way too much. Well... Well, no, I mean, our, my favorite is uh, "Be Thou My Vision." Oh, uh, great hymn! All glory be to Christ. Like, like Adeline loves that one. She will say, "I'll, I'll ask her, what song do you want to sing?" She is all glory. I just, she just wants to hear that over and over and over. Awesome. And then, um, "Amazing Grace," and then Jesus yeah. loves. Me. So, um, like, I try. Like Steph also has uh, the hymns of grace on her piano. We try to grab that, and I'll flip it through to something that I that I think I know, and I'll try to sing it. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to get. Uh, it's hard for me to memorize new songs. But um, I guess it's not. I guess I just could try. But anyway, those are the four <laughs> songs that kind of rotate, and I, I, love, yeah. I love singing to them. And um, it really helps. It helps me show gentleness to them. Yeah. It reforms my heart and 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 lets me see like if I'm singing, like I can't be harsh anymore. Mm -hmm. Or can't be um, short tempered or, 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 you know, I want to, I, I desperately want to be gentle and patient with my girls. Um, uh, but my proclivities to uh, anger and, and being, being just. Well, it's the difference of, a, you know, 
being a sergeant versus well, being yeah you know, like dude I mean, growing up in the active army in the 82nd airborne where like i don't have the right words for it but i'm gonna say this i don't think it is but it's like toxic leadership is championed i am better than you i have the rank you will do what i say period even if the thing doesn't make sense right <laughs> and you're just like okay roger sergeant you know and you do what you got to do or else you're going to get smoked or you know disciplined or whatever and um I grew up in that. Like, I, I think it's 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 phasing out. Sure. Army. I I think there are a lot more um, uh, men that uh, think and have creative ways to discipline instead of just you know take your ruck that's forty five pounds, pick it up over your head, and start doing um, you know lunges. lunges. It's just or like, as Band of Brothers run Curry, right? Yeah. Like, but, yeah. like uh, growing up in that mentality where being a bully or being might might as right uh mm -hmm. like has has framed the way i communicate and sure really difficult transition as a dad um but like as a civilian worker like i can't talk to people like that <laughs> like um not that i had a foul mouth or anything it was just like i expected something sure immediately. yeah you do this because that's how i that's right and most of the time it's not necessarily even what you say but how you say it Oh yeah, that will communicate way more than the words that you actually speak. Right, right. So I mean, that's a good point. That that transition was rough, man. So I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, to kind of go back to your original question, um, I mean, hymns are, I think, the best when they're faithful hymns. You know, maybe like how great thou art. Um, when you when you like how great thou art, even if it's played a million times, it's still uh, a faithful hymn. Uh, <laughs> I gotta go back and listen. You gotta go back a couple episodes and listen. Uh, he just, yeah, it was two episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, it's okay. The the word of God comes through uh, mm -hmm. hymns, and that you know that's so that's a that's a big part um, of our kind of life together. I really as a family. Um, when we, you know, we, we pray before meals mm -hmm. that we often sing, um, you know, and then for our night, nightly devotions, we're, we're always singing. So, um, and then Rachel does, because we homeschool, Rachel has, it's built into the curriculum that yeah. they're being exposed to the word of God and stuff. And so, you know, that's, that's part of it. And I think, again, it is, uh, whether it always sticks with them or not, uh, if they see us, in the word mm -hmm. and if they see us taking it yes. seriously yeah. mm -hmm. that's what they go and you know and eventually they're going to get to uh you know kind of maybe they won't ask the question but they'll just kind of go oh daddy i see that you you do this mm -hmm. because uh you you love your lord because well more because your lord loves you right um, you know and and that's and, and i think that that's the the again the habit and the mm -hmm. um the how you're trying to form your children um and it's yeah it may be an oversimplification but i think the it, it is an oversimplification so i'm just throwing that out there right now but it, it, good fathering or good parenting is good modeling exactly. mm -hmm. that's i mean it, yeah yeah, that may be an oversimplification, but it's exactly what you said. Like, you can 
talk all you want about, but your kids see you in the yeah, word right. of God. Do your kids see you worshiping God? Or is it just something you say? And I, you know, when we had our men's conference, I spoke to the guys about being a husband and dad and a disciple maker. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I told them, do as I say, not as I do, is a terrible philosophy for parenting. Because it, how can we expect them to, you know, not, like as you said, not catch more than they're taught, right? Like, they'll catch more than they'll listen because they'll do what they see as opposed to doing what they hear. And, like, if you want to be a good dad, be a good model of repentance. Be a good model of a student of God's Word. Be a good model of forgiveness. Be a good model of faithfulness in all elements of of the Christian life, yeah. right? Church attendance, singing the hymns, you know, praying yeah. for you know all that yeah participate i mean and and yeah church attendance is is huge but participating in the body yeah because that's i mean that's that's a lot of consumers right now yeah and it's you know and that's uh, again no not to get into different um you know denominational services but that is why i like the liturgy because it is most of it is 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 the word of god and it's call and response Mm -hmm. like Word of God, and so when your little ones are seeing and, and hearing that happen, that exchange happen, that that's how they start to understand. Okay, this is how God communicates with us. Mm-hmm. He actually has words that He wants to say to us. Um, he actually has truth He wants us to know, and He wants us to say it back to Him, so that we're formed by it. And um, you know, it's a when you have that that. But if you're if you're sitting in the pews or in the chairs or whatever, and you're not, well, that's also what the the children are picking up on. Okay, it's, this isn't as important right. because other people are saying it, but daddy's not or mommy's not or you know whoever. Um, now, of course, I have an advantage and disadvantage. I have to say it because I'm up there in front of the church too. <laughs> sure, yeah, but that also. I think places a significant burden on you as, you know, the pastor of that congregation too, right? Because like I'm from the belief and I, I fully believe, and I think you guys will both agree with me. Like the first pastor in a child's life is their dad. That He is the first pastor. And then you have the double duty of then also being their spiritual communities shepherd, right? So there is like that, you know, added, I don't want to say pressure, but there is that, you know, extra burden of being accountable for, you know, leading that flock well. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, that's the, hopefully what the kids see with the way that I interact with other congregation members, yes. they also pick up on that too. And that's mm-hmm. also, and there, there's another, uh, side of that, and I think Dustin would uh, agree with this, when you're in that church, you know, not, obviously the worship is kind of the, the high point, but the community itself, um, kind of cultivating that, that there are um, people our age, that there are the children their age, but that there are also older people that we look to and say, and that, that, that not only that we interact with, but that also help, help raise the kids. I mean, that, that's, 
Uh, I, I think about the, the so the, glad that you said that. Because like, th- don't you feel like sometimes the older generation, and this is not to to critique them, but I feel like our American dream. I've retired. I've passed my point of usefulness, but I still attend church. Right? Can can sometimes creep into the mentality, and it's like all I can do to continue to remind our older generation of you don't retire from kingdom work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you, you the the day that you do, you're seeing our Lord face to face. Correct. Right. That's, yeah, and and so uh, this is kind of a, a well. One, I mean, Paul talks about that with the instructions to the older men he, when he's ta- right. he's talking through Timothy uh, or to Timothy through, um, and then to older women that, that there is a responsibility that they have, um, not to be the parents of other people, but to Make sure that the community is still being faithful, uh, mm-hmm. because they and and that and that Timothy himself, as a young pastor, should respect them. Mm-hmm. Now, if they're out of line, he he's supposed to call out their sin, but he's never supposed to just like dismiss them because they have wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you. You think about, you know, how many the how many years and all the changes that people have seen, and those those faithful Christians who are still there how much they can give to us as, you know, younger fathers. Um, but then also, you know, even for the children that you kind of look at and you say, you know, you see whoever over there, they've been in this church for 70 years. That's something we should be aspiring to do as well. Right. Yeah. Thoughts, Dustin? You looked like you had something to say. When you said retire from kingdom work i immediately thought of john piper uh, picking up seashells on the gulf so that's it's right. a joke oh, anybody right. oh, uh, anybody do you guys listen to piper you guys know um, piper? <laughs> do i listen to piper? i love john piper <laughs> i'm trying to get coleman to read desiring god because it's a good one it's a great one um, I've, I've been trying i said i would bring it to him and then he moved units on me so i never got to but it's just, such, yeah. Of all the of all the negative you think about it, because it talks about hedonism, the focus is correct. Yeah, though I think his, I think what he's trying to get after in that concept is absolutely right. Just like yeah, I do too. It's pleasure out of God by glorifying Him. Like that is like our key, chief end of all being is the happiness of man. Well, how do you do that? Glorify God, enjoy Him well. For taste and see that the Lord is good. So the I I don't want to explain a joke, but the Babylon <laughs> Bee I believe yeah. made a an article about oh we found Piper on the Gulf picking up seashells because he he made a sermon about right. old people you don't retire from kingdom working that popped in my mind. That's pretty funny. The Babylon Bee. I yeah. love the Babylon Bee. They're hilarious. I don't know how or. Yeah, if you haven't seen the Babylon Bee, you need to go and look at some of their headlines because they are just completely, yeah, completely me. outrageous. So back to the topic, like we have we have life groups. Uh, mm. uh, we don't have Sunday night service. We just you know swap houses and meet and discuss the sermon. And we do have uh, a group of believers that are about the same age, same circumstance with kids. But we also have. When they could make it, we also have an older couple 
um, that have been in faithful ministry and been on missions and, um, and they pour into us. Like mm-hmm. we're bringing up something silly. They, they'll be like, well, you know, um, Barb and I were there and this is what we did. And, um, I, I think y'all should probably do the same. And the scripture says this and we're like, just, yeah, just the benefit, right? Yeah. Like, and, and that's why I think that like having a spiritual community that you are plugged into participating in and a part of is so important for not only parents who can glean that wisdom yeah you know from an older generation but then also like just the ability for them to pour into the lives of your yeah. kids now it's, it's necessary like, you still also have to be discerning in who you know you let around your kids and and how they influence them for sure but yeah. um you know yeah, the multiple generations, there's a reason why we're not taken up right at the moment of yeah. faith, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, what? there's work to be done, man. Yeah. There is work to be done. I mean, it, it, and it, because we can't ever get away from the uh, creation account. I mean, when, when... Yeah, we talk about Genesis 1 through 3 all the every time. podcast, yeah. When, well, when it says be, dog, man. be fruitful and multiply, the assumption is, is that those who are multiplied are going to be taught the same faith. And so yeah, it's going to be handed down generation after generation. And, um, and that's, that's, and that is, that it is not simply, yeah, the, and again, I think this strikes at a lot of things that are, um, American context. The, the problems with it is we think it's an individual me and Jesus thing. And you realize that no, it's it's never that. It's in a community because, and I, I actually shared this in my sermon, um, one of the four that I did this last week. That you know, it's when you are here, you are witnessing to God's faithfulness mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. and that's a witness to your brothers and sisters who sit next to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you're doing that, uh, you're saying you're saying that this is important, but you're also uh, maybe even more than that, you're receiving God's word. You're receiving God's gifts. You're being strengthened in your faith for that. And that's going to be an encouragement to those people left and right. And I didn't I didn't point out this, but uh, what that means, though, is that when you're not here, that can be discouraging. And so when you're not a part of that uh, faith group and consistent in, in worship, that's um, well, that's a problem. Because then it's your again. What what are you prioritizing at that point? Now, and I get it. You know, people miss service all the time for various reasons. But if if it becomes this habitual thing, right? That's an issue. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. What's and what? It's just very interesting that 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 thought, right? I mean, <laughs> especially when you bring it into the American context, because I mean, we talk about this quite often of the brokenness of the American church in a lot of ways, um, and and the reason why we need conversations like this mm-hmm. because for too long men have failed to lead. By not trusting in the Word of God and have expected somebody else to do it, and we get sparkle creeds because of that, <laughs> right. right? Like exactly. 
You don't know what the Sparkle Creed is, Dustin? No. Oh, okay, man. so you have a homework assignment tonight is to go on YouTube and type in the Sparkle Creed <laughs> and try not to throw your phone or whatever device you are watching it on. I'll, I'll, I'll hold it. Yes. Liberal theology. Just yeah. 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 I mean, but but ultimately, if, if we, you know, as dads and as leaders of our, you know, inner circle family and then next circle faith community and then outer circle local community, if we are not the gatekeepers of truth, then right. who will be? Right. And well, and that goes back to your, you are the pastor. Correct. Of your family. That's Luther did say this. Uh, every father is a priest in his own household. That's yep. Meaning you're the one. 100% true. Uh, so, to give the word of God. I, I heard a focus on the family uh, lecture podcast, uh, you know, Again, going back to us being men and fathers, we are representing men to our daughters. Like correct. And if we are not falling, I don't want to say this. If we are not humbling ourselves to our role, our designed role by God to be the head of the house, because we can go back to Genesis if you all want to talk about it and check that box for this podcast. <laughs> our default, like our as men, our default um, sinful nature mm-hmm. is. To be like, Adam, where are you? I hid because mm-hmm. I was naked. Who told you you were naked? Like dissecting that is, and then, and then going farther in the conversation, we as men, when we are, when we are not in the word, when we are, are not faithful to uh, meeting with the brothers and we're not in prayer, we will hide. Mm-hmm. Um, we will know, we will know that we are in the wrong and try to hide it. And then we will start to shuck our responsibility and blame others. Mm-hmm. The woman you gave me, it's yep. her fault. Like we will internalize and make ourselves the victim and say, it's your fault. It's not mine. And when we fail, that passes on that sin, that, 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 that just egregious example, uh, that model example. Yeah. Perfect. To our to our children, and it's like it's got to stop with us because um, I'm reading a book uh, with my pastor. It's called the Dis- Disciplines of Godly Man. It's by Kent Hughes. I read that book and it, I love it. Okay, so we just finished the chapter about transforming your mind and mm-hmm. like all the intake that you know. What are you doing uh, social media wise? What are you? What, what's your free time in and and whatever you intake, it's just gonna. It's going to consume your mind. It's going to spit back out to your children and your and your wife. So, like being first, being a man and trying to have the discipline to get in the word to pray and to be with the fellowship, um, and then and then finally, like to deny that nature of like, I'm um, this isn't my responsibility. It's your fault. Like that is that is the toughest thing for me because I will fall into that easily, and because I'm bigger than my wife and my kids and I can bully them and I know how to be intimidating because the army taught me and champion that to get guys in line so I'd save their life like I gotta I gotta deny all that mm-hmm. humble myself and wash your feet wash my kids feet yes and like like my uh, if we're going this direction sure my, my 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 verse that has challenged me um for the last four years has been Philippians 2 three and four like consider others more important than yourself 
do not only look to your um, uh, interest, but look to the interests of others. Like, do sorry, I missed the first verse. Do nothing out of conceit or rivalry mm-hmm. or uh, selfish so ambition. Sure. Selfish ambition. It's just like dying yourself is a discipline. Like mm-hmm. uh, getting up as you would in the Word, saying the Apostles' Creed or the Lord's Prayer, or having having a having a meaningful devotion is a discipline. Coming into the door after after a, a long day at work, when in my realm I'm serving people, I'm serving the public mm-hmm. that don't want to be there, and they are just they are unlovable people, right? Mm-hmm. It is our responsibility as Christians to love our enemy, or love those that are irritated, or are mm-hmm. disgruntled, or hateful. Like God has positioned me in a place that has just cut my legs out from under me, man. He's he's been working on humbling me for a long time and so that taking that into the household and and just saying hey look i don't care what happened today at work i don't care how i'm feeling um it is a discipline to humble yourself and start to serve mm-hmm. and, um, i think the scriptures especially paul putting off the old man putting something new on like we have to do that as dads have to do that as uh, as as far, uh, as uh, husbands, like and and men in the community, like stop. Doesn't matter how you feel, for sure. Seek right. truth, been push push past that, and um, like man, you gotta serve because you're that's your that's your call, that's your that's your vocation, that's your your yeah. as you would just say your pastoral duty as the <laughs> as the dad. Yeah. Well, well and, and and I think too, like you bring up Adam right in in the garden. Yeah. Like that response of well, as a woman, you gave it, it's pure self preservation, mm-hmm. and and as like Sorry. men and as as godly men, like we we should not be concerned with self preservation, yeah, because we trust in the one who has already preserved us. That's yeah. right, yeah, and and that's. I don't Every, want to talk about the other aspects of Genesis Genesis three because it just gets my blood boiling with like. Adam standing behind his wife as she's conversing with the serpent, like, yeah, <sighs> yeah dude. But 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 well, that, let me let me okay, let me, okay. let me throw this out. <laughs> what you just said, um, that these are everything that we're talking about carrying out. This is your faith in action. It's believing mm-hmm. that no matter how you're feeling, God has still given you your wife to take care of, to serve, yes. to love, mm-hmm. to train. Um, He's given you your kids the same thing. And it is, yeah, it is trusting. This is what God has called me to do and trusting he's, he has entrusted it to you to take care of it. And as much as it might hurt, um, or, you know, because love your wives as Christ loved the church Mm -hmm. and gave himself up for her. Quoted almost, almost as frequently as the, uh, Genesis one, two, and three. But that's that's it, and it's and it's realizing you to do these actions, you have to put faith in the one who is sovereign and the one. Um, how did you, you just said it really well uh, just a second ago? We're not focused on self-preservation because we trust the one who's preserved us. Preserved us exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that is a that is truly our daily battle. That's why daily contrition, sorrow over sin and repentance, turning away from it, turning mm-hmm. uh, the Lord well, Jesus Christ. 
And and okay, you you bring up Jesus because he's the focus of everything. But we look at him when it comes to right, not feeling like we want to serve our wife or not feeling like we want to love our kids. Like regardless of how we feel, look at him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm. You can make an argument that there was a human aspect of him that did not want to go to the cross to the point that he's literally sweating blood. Right. But yet, what was his response? Not my will, but thy will. King James. Yeah, way to go, authorized version there, pal. <laughs> but yeah, right, he goes, not my will, not what I want to do that's going to preserve myself, but your will who be done, who's preserved me, because this is the cup that you have given to me, right? The ultimate act of, as we would say, you know, define courage by the army standard, it's not the absence of fear, but the ability to put fear aside and do what is necessary and right. Like the ultimate example of, courage in the garden of gethsemane right walk in a manner that is worthy of yeah, the gospel calling yeah. right that's a prayer that i that i have every day daily and, and I, I we pray that in front of our kids like during dinner and that is you know god has given us such an amazing gift like mm-hmm. I, tim keller says it the best we have a resume of our worst deeds and we hand it over to the Lord, and he looks at it, takes it on himself, takes his crown off, and he gives it to us. Like, it's just, it's wonderful, man. And so, in view of God's mercy, right. offer your body a living sacrifice. What the heck does that mean? Honor God with your life. Mm-hmm. Honor God with your speech, your thoughts, and your actions. Like, talk gently to your wife. Um, die yourself when... You're just at your wits end, and you gotta you you gotta change a diaper, or or God bless America, you, you gotta you gotta come down at two in the morning for something, and it's dark, and you step on a Lego. Oh, I know all about the Legos, yeah. man. Jack yeah. got four sets of Legos for Christmas, nice from different family members, and he's already put together two of them. So I know all about the Legos, but yes, die to yourself, even when you want to yell to high heaven because you stepped on one of them. Even even the more egregious things, like you're so infuriated at, at whatever it is, and you just mm. want to explode. And I I I never had someone ever say that's unacceptable behavior. You can't talk to your wife like that, right? Yeah. Until until I got plugged in with mm-hmm. um, biblical counselors, until I got plugged in with seeing actually how men godly. Fear God fearing Christian men talk to their wives or treated them, or at least walked in a way that inspired to look like Jesus, you know, being gentle and being lowly mm-hmm. uh, instead of like being a stinking tyrant like Adam and just, yeah. dude, just it's your fault, I, you know, dude, whatever. But, yeah, we could spend an entire hour or more talking about the cowardice that was Adam in the garden. Yeah, I don't know what, what were you going to say you had a thought I could see it on the front of Coleman me oh yeah were you about to say something uh I probably was but now I don't uh, now you don't forgot yeah well it, I, I mean I, I just think that oh well, when we we when we think about these things and that it's just that we so when we get to those moments of um you know uh 
anger or, or passion that's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's that's misdirected. That's 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 going the wrong way. And you know, it, it is. Uh, I'm not saying this is easy to step back, <clears throat> but um, when we do, we realize that that's that's showing that something is wrong. That mm-hmm. things are not right with us. Um, and I think that that's that's always uh, what the Holy Spirit does within our hearts is kind of unveils that, OK, this is not right. Uh, and, and whether that's actually, you know, again, in the situation where where it's getting, you know, it's that tension that's there or if it's out in the world that we just go, these things are not right. And what that's revealing is the continued state that we are in sin and that the world is in sin and that continued repentance is necessary. Um, so I, I just, I, the, I think that's the hard thing is to, to step back and go, okay, I realize I'm angry at this, or I realize, um, you know, it's just, this is, this is, n- I'm not treating my wife the way that God wants me to. And to, to humble yourself, mm-hmm. to confess that to her, especially if you if you've said something that is mm-hmm. hurtful, um, mm-hmm. and say you know, and and there have been several times I've had to do that with Rachel, and I just realized you know, and that's and then confess it to God and have and hear that forgiveness, and that's why uh, the the story of David with Nathan the prophet having mm-hmm. to come to him and say it and. It is, and that is, your sin has been put away. Um, you know, that's the necessary uh, being around the word again. That that's that's always being put into you. So, yeah, it was kind of a rambling thought, but it was it sure. was the the recognition that things are not right, and that mm-hmm. that drives us back to the one who is always right, Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that that is probably the the single greatest focus i mean it's going to be the most obvious statement that i can make but if you want to be a good dad there's one place you look and that's to christ to be the example that he set to love your wife as christ of the church to then set the example of what it means to you know be like christ you you need to focus on him and that all comes back to the study of the word, right? Which John one tells us is Jesus. Right? <laughs> We're studying to learn about the character and, and person of, of, of God, our father and of Jesus, his son, who we just celebrated this past week. And I think that that's a good place for us to stop, but Dustin, I think you're going to probably have to come back at some point <laughs> and, and join us some more for these conversations. Cause these are, fantastic conversations we hope that you have had a fantastic you know christmas season and and your focus was correct dustin i just want to say thanks for being here like it was super awesome to meet you um and talk and know that you know we are of kindred spirit in a lot of ways from from what i understand um but this is the two chaps pod with a special guest dustin dracy thanks again for stopping by He's Coleman. I'm AJ. The guy in the Superman shirt is Coleman. I should distinguish. Uh, He's Coleman. I'm AJ, and we will see you in 2024. And until then, what do we tell him, Coleman? 
stay uncultured. We'll see you all later. All right. Keep it recording for a little bit. That was that was as good free like that was as focused a free flowing conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Like what? Yeah. The word of God and contrition and repentance. Yeah. Like as dads. That was awesome. Dustin, thank you, man. That was great. I was, Hopefully I was, you enjoyed it. I did. I so in in the time where 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 I was growing in my faith or being challenged, Coleman and I would sit on our back porch at our mom's house and just discuss and try to figure out things. And um, I I was so opposed to election and predestination, and um, I was I'm sure everybody is when they first hear it. I was like, God can't be like that. God can't pardon people's heart. You know, what whatever the situation is. Um, Judging his morality based on our own, right? Right, and it was it was like, I guess I heard the uh, uh, ten shekels and a shirt um, um, sermon. If you haven't heard it, look it up. It's one of the greatest sermons. By who? Paris, Paris Reedhead. Okay. Ten shekels and a shirt. Um, highly recommend it because it it, it walks through um, the uh, the humility of man, uh, but. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just perfect. Have you heard the revival hymn by chance? No. Okay. Is that the take the cars? Uh, yeah, yeah. That is that one. Yeah. yeah. But the 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 revival hymn is the an abbreviated version. It's like it's like all these other it's, sermons that are jammed together with yeah. like the soundtrack of the Last Mohicans. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's not really a hymn. It's, it's sermon excerpts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. It's awesome, man. But I found that ten shekels in a shirt in a PDF. Yes. So in is my, that what it is? It's not like an like you read the sermon. No, I, you you listen to it. Um, oh, okay. it's a it's on sermonindex.org. Um, There's a website I've never heard of. Okay, turn well. Do you like uh, um, uh, what's his name? Floyd, not Floyd. Doctor Martin uh, Lloyd Jones. Jones. Lloyd, not Floyd. Lloyd. Martin Luther Jones. Jones. It's tough, it's tough to say with my Kentucky accent. Man, dang! I tell you what, I get it. I get it. Uh, um. Anyway, yeah. Those, those oh, two. this is cool. All right, I'm gonna have to look through this. All right. So, ten shekels in a shirt. You got just take I'll find it, out, it. Listen to it. Meditate on it. There are there are plenty of things that 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 those words and how Paris Reed had describes the the holiness of god and the depravity of man and then the the need not only just to repent but lead into worship like he talks okay. about moradian slaves that um sold themselves into slavery because the slave owner was like i'm going to go to an island with my slaves and no no one's going to hear the gospel i'm so fed up with it if a preacher gets shipwrecked, I'll quarantine him over here. No one's going to hear the gospel. No one's going to hear about Christianity. So these two boys sell themselves to the slave master just to uh, preach the gospel to these the, this, this island of, of, of kids. And it's just like, you know, thinking about dads and again, going back to 6, 12, and 18 years old, like, 
when do I sell myself, sell out for my kids so that they, they can yeah. see Jesus. And anyway, 10 Shepherds on a Shirt is phenomenal. I, I, just, I'm, I already started reading it, so I'm going to. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. Yeah. That's a good one. Sermon Index. I didn't even know about that. That's fantastic to know about. Yeah. And then, I mean, I would love to continue the conversation and, you know, I could talk about my my time as a warrant. Like, I thought, you know, I thought maybe that would come up or yeah. my time in the infantry. And then, like, dude, the last, I don't know, six months, if I, if, if, if there was a time where I could raise an Ebenezer or just raise a monument of God's goodness, it would be the, the last six months. Like like these uh, last six months yeah. that you've been in? Like Awesome. I just, um, out of a completely just crippling depression, whatever, God pulled me out of it. Um, a separation with my wife, God pulled, pulled me out of it. Uh, I got a promotion at my job. I got my VA ratings. Uh, we moved into a different house. Like all these and, things, and they have another one on the and way. And we have another child on the way. Like that's awesome, man! Praise like, God! It's like what? Why do I deserve to be treated well at all? Like because he's good. Yeah, because yeah. he first loved us. You know, well, because but yeah. But because, like, because but like because the cross. But yeah. Well, I, I'm just saying like <laughs> yeah. as a as a you know, the king of Nineveh just sitting there in sackcloth because he heard the gospel. Like, yeah. I just, like, I don't deserve this goodness. And it's just yeah. been, like, I mean, I don't know if this is going to, I don't care. It's, it's, my, it's my story. So we're in the longer portion of the recording. Yeah. I can cut it if you want me to cut it. No, no, that's fine. Okay, we we tend to like record for like ten or fifteen minutes afterwards. That goes on the Spotify and Apple, so they're much longer. Like all that beginning talk that we had yeah. before, I said, "Hey, everybody," and then like all this talk will be on like the longer Spotify right. and Apple, well, and then the YouTube will just be yeah. those breaks, bracketed right. things. Well, I mean, to, just to encourage any men listening, like if you're struggling with, um anger and control and you're struggling with like i want things my way because i'm bigger than you and i can get my way like my my encouragement to that is is one to seek counsel from a church um Mm. uh, authority um like man four years ago I'm, i'm not the same dude like yes i do believe i had a genuine conversion in college but my time in the army and my transition from uh from staff sergeant uh to dustin civilian was was rough like mm-hmm. staff sergeant Geraci in the infantry two deployments with the 82nd one with the 101st uh captains and lieutenants looking over and saying hey sergeant Geraci, is this a good plan and me having the expertise from my you know my many deployments and then my time in like hey sir this is good to go or no this is all jacked up why are we doing it this way look at it this way from my experience you know just having that entitlement just consume and puff me up and then bringing it home Mm -hmm. and then saying okay not only am i going to take your identity away and your idols from the army 
and your status and your leadership and all these things you've accumulated, I'm going to take it away from you. And I'm going to put you in a, in a place where you have to serve people where are just intolerable. <laughs> intolerable. <laughs> I like, can believe it. Like it's been so humbling. So four years ago, um, transitioned out of the army. And I said it was rough. I mean, it was worse than rough. I, I, I basically, um, went crazy one night, um, and got an EPO. Like the sheriffs came and, and, and said, Hey, you can't be around your wife or your child. My, and, and Adeline's four or five weeks old. Right. And I'm losing my mind. I'm stressed out because I lost my identity as a, as a soldier. Like mm-hmm. I'm a civilian trying to figure things out. I have uh, a newborn and nothing's going my way. Everything, I'm not saying everything was easy in the army, but I excelled at everything I did in the army. Like, um, anyway, um, it was rough because I don't have that, um, that affirmation of being Superman or being the mm-hmm. best squad leader or being the leader, right? Uh, it's rough. Uh, I have mm-hmm. to, or I, I, I had to uh, go to court, stand in front of a judge, give him a plan to to kind of reconcile. Divorce was kind of on the table, um, and uh, I think my one my my desire to want to reconcile, and my desire to go in front of my church uh, members or my church uh, uh, pastors and say. Hey, look, I'm I'm not well. Um, mm-hmm. I need help. Um, you know, that put me in, in in two programs. I went to Twelve Stones, which I highly recommend for anyone that's struggling with any type of um, issue. Um, uh, they're they're very awesome counselors, and they they pretty much break you down and figure out from your past experiences and then from your uh, your your current walk what sin is really just getting at getting you mm-hmm. what, what's dragging you down and for me it's absolutely pride and selfishness like i feel entitled to be treated a certain way um four years ago and that's where i was i blew up i went crazy got an epo put on me um and then i went through counseling and then i how do i want to say this i recommend medication uh for a purpose like the anger sharks are swimming, if you want to call it like that. The pill calms the waters. And it's not supposed to be a permanent thing. It's supposed to calm the waters enough to to you get another plan. So mm-hmm. I recommend uh, you know, anxiety medicine and depression medicine four time. Um so I went to Twelve Stones, then I went to Mighty Oaks, which was a which was a more focused um PTSD kind of like first responder military. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that's an awesome resource. For any any service member or any first responder, it's a it's a peer kind of counseling. You go there for a week, and the important thing that they showed me, um, PTSD wise, sin wise, is they would not accept I'm a victim. This happened to me. Yeah. They like they like said, hey, it's your responsibility. No matter what you did in war or mm-hmm. what you're exposed to, everyone's exposed to evil, but. Your job happened to expose you to a little bit more evil, and you've seen some some things that does not give you an excuse to be a tyrant or mm-hmm. to be mad at people or or be mad. I mean, they basically said, B 
being mad at God's creation, you can't do that, right? And um, everyone's an image bearer. It doesn't matter right. where they are. Like they're mm -hmm. so that really helped me see, like from the PTSD angle, how entitled I felt, or how how much of a of a dirt bag I was treating everybody because all oh, this happened to me. You know, I saw my friends die, or my you know I'm you mm -hmm. know there's there's so much stuff going on in my head right now that I need to act this way. You know, it's just stop. You know, you're you're called. You are called by Christ to die to that. Like, don't make that a yeah. night. And so Mighty Oaks helped me with that. And then it really helped me see, um, take responsibility, um, accept, accept instruction from other men. And that's what I did. Like I went to counseling. I went to biblical counseling. I, I love my church here in Hopkinsville. They they cater to what church you go to there? Uh, Living Hope Baptist. Um, okay, it is it is just they love people well and uh, they are driven to like feed you, saturate you with scripture to 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 transform you. And and so I I mean anyone listening, if you're struggling with anger and control, I would I would highly recommend going to a biblical counselor, getting plugged in that way. Um, Go to some men, some godly men that you can trust in your church and just talk, man. Most of the time, um, the the men's wisdom were like, hey, look, you, you're you wrong for thinking like that, but I understand why you're mad. However, mm -hmm. this is how you should be treating your wife. This is how you should bring up that conversation. This is how you should um, engage with her, serve her, um, get to know, get to the root of, of what her needs are. Instead of walking in and and immediately looking inward, like how how are you serving me, wife? Because mm -hmm. that's garbage, man. And that's not how uh, that's not how Christ didn't walk in anywhere and say, "What's up? I'm here. I'm the man. Yeah. Serve me. Serve me." Yeah. It was how can I serve you? And he went to the lowly. He went to the. I mean, God, like he washed the feet of his disciples, and those guys were outcasts. And and yeah. Anyway. Um, you know, I, I recommend that, and um, for for y'all being chaplains, like I do think it's a good resource. Yeah, one that's struggling with like um, so called. I mean, PTSD is real, but it, it's it's complicated because like I get it, dude. Uh, dudes, men have lost their best friends, uh, mm -hmm. and that's hard to deal with. Uh, loss is hard, but um, like. It's 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 not it's not the simple, but it is like this. Like Paul says, put off the old man. Like mm -hmm. sin and other idols, you got to put them off. And what do you put on? Well, dive into Jesus, dive into the scriptures, because I mean, it it is a discipline. Jesus has to be more delightful than that idol. Yes, the only way. Like that's a good way. To, like to like you're putting off the old man. You're you're putting off how you talk to your wife. Because she's not your soldier, um, you put off communicating with um, with like other people. Hey, because they they are they have a, a certain level of needs that you need to meet, and you need to die die to yourself to serve that. Just I don't know, man. It's just like my four years ago, just just lost, man. Um, and then counseling. Uh, no alcohol, no tobacco for four years. Um, trying to do better with like eating, like like 
anything that uh, gets my emotions up and down. I'm, I'm on, you know, I'm on anxiety pill, uh, pills, which is which is fine, you know. Um, and then I got back surgery like in July, so you know. Uh, thanks a lot, Army, <laughs> jumping out of airplanes and running up yeah. the mountains with rucks. But yeah. um, I did get my VA disability, and that that surely helps because I do think as dads and men, there's a certain level of pride that we take providing Mm -hmm. and again precursor or caveat whatever whatever it is the goal is not to attain wealth like but the goal is to provide and i i I take a lot of pride in um this is what i'm providing this is how i'm providing i'm providing honestly and um i i man another side side (laughs) side story i uh i'm in the i'm in the s3 um, for my warrant officer job, which we we right. we do planning uh, operations, operations, operations. Sorry, S three operations. So I'm in the the starting to the finish. I am I am dissecting, putting together, uh, recommending uh, points the fire part of the operation, the war fighting folks for fires. So like a job came up. Uh, um, as a civilian, DA civilian the same type of job in, in, in Fort Knox, which is like two hours from our house. It's like 45 minutes from Louisville where I grew up and I applied to it. I prayed about it and, um, I got, a got an interview and then they offered me, it's like the most money I've ever made. Uh, we, we would be there. I would, I would deploy from Fort Knox to Europe and then back. Cause you know, whatever's going on in Europe right now. Um, and, I had a really tough time with, with not getting that or to say no to that job. Mm -hmm. And, and in the time that I, that I applied and interviewed, I had no idea that God was setting up, Hey, look, you're going to be, you're going to be fine. You're going to get your disability and we're going to promote you to a branch manager in your current job. Like all these little things that I can, I can look back and see that God was good to me. Mm Mm-hmm when I was unfaithful or when, even when I was not um, seeking after his will or, or being, I mean, just being still and, and yeah. knowing that he is God. Yeah. Right. Just that back to that conversation of like the security of the sovereignty of God. Like I want to sit at the right. throne of my own will, but I don't want to give up and say, or I, mean, I should give that up and, and say, let your will be done. And, and trust, man, I love the, the verse in, in Romans four twenty. I think that's a better definition of faith. Like Abraham fully believed that God would do what he said. That's faith, right? You fully believe that God will do. And he promised that he would save me from my sin, which he has on the cross. He promised that he would uh, sanctify me and, and, and mold me into the image of Christ. And when I lose sight of that, that's when the anger, the control that it comes up. But, God bless me with, um, I'm going to be financially stable for the rest of my life because I got VA disability. Um, I've got a job that's much like the operations job. I'm going around to four different offices. I'm, I'm helping people out. I really love love the customer service part of that job. Mm-hmm. It's blessed me with a new child. And we literally just moved to a new house, the house that we're in right now. Like we did, we did it. We're not in debt. Uh, we did basically a one for one swap. We got a That's back awesome. and two extra rooms. Like, you know. and I would say that's because of another promise that he made. 
that he will never leave you nor yeah. forsake you. Yeah. And and yeah. he who did not spare his own son but gave yeah. himself up for us, how will he not also graciously give us all yeah. things? I mean that's yeah. correct. Again, I don't wanna I don't wanna emphasize the stuff. Right? No, correct. I want to emphasize the goodness of, of God, God. That he he has been so faithful to my family. Mm-hmm. Not to have my wife say, I've had enough. Um, mm-hmm. not, not only that, but like, hey, Dust, we're gonna have a we're gonna have another child. Like, are you ready for this? I'm ready to do this with you because I trust you. I love your leadership. Um, you know, she my wife is just so amazing because when I when I when I get my anxious tendencies or I get in get in my headspace and look inward, she always and I can say always, Dustin, what truth are you believing right now? Hmm. Right. She takes it back to a promise or back to scripture that has that just like, Hey yeah. man, you are you, you you need you need Jesus. Stop doing yeah. this, you know? Yeah. Damn. So. That's so good. Let's uh, let's sign off of Spotify and Apple, and then we can continue the conversation. So we'll see you guys that are still listening in 2024. And as always, stay uncultured. Hey, everybody, just want to thank you once again for spending some time with the Two Chaps Pod today. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you've liked and subscribed to our channel. Pound that bell for notifications so you can be notified when our latest content drops. If you're on social media, we are all over the place, including the brand new threads from Meta. And I do want to remind you, for longer content, including pre-show and post-show audio, make sure you've subscribed on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Two Chaps Pod. And until then, stay uncultured.